Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. It is Live Transformed, episode number 235. I love Jim, it. Jim, Audrey, good to be together I again. I love it. I'm yes, so it glad is. we're doing this we today. We have begun the day with a good dose of laughter. Yes, I and we are we are really looking forward to being with you, our friends, because yes. we have so much to share today and so much wisdom. Jim actually hey. told us that he felt extra <clears throat> wise today. <laughs> yeah. Well, the only reason I did is because I woke up this morning, somehow or another, I, I woke up in a tree beside of an owl. And so... And so the owl told me some really wise things. Oh my God. He told me, he said, he said when, you're, when you're sharing there with Bob and Alder, be sure and cover. And I think I understand what that means. I'm not absolutely sure, yeah. but I'm going to go for it. Well, <laughs> you're making me laugh till I'm growing up in this the morning. 70s. We don't have any owls or frogs in our house. Oh, no. They got, they got demons in them. Yeah. <laughs> Bob, speaking of which, Bob found three frogs in our pool today, and that's the truth. Oh, boy, frogs are extra demon possessed. <laughs> frogs are unclean. They are unclean in the water as a, as a water animal, and they are unclean on the, the land water. as a land animal. Yeah. So you, he... burn, you need to burn your house down. <laughs> so that's, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Jim, you are hilarious. It's really something. If, it, if you can make it past the, if you can make it past the intro of this episode, yeah, we'll be, it's really we, we are get going good. somewhere. You guys know this. You remember in the seventies, how many times did oh, it's so you know, somebody real. show up at somebody else's house and make oh. them take all of their figurines of a oh, hundred percent happened so with often. A hammer and beat them up and <laughs> anoint them with oil and all that foolishness is like good grief. Are you kidding me? It's true. I threw a lot of things away. <laughs> oh, I did too because they were telling me I, you know, I'd get dead I know. if I didn't. So I'm like, okay, well, then I'll get rid of it. You know, looking back, it's actually crazy that we believed it, but we really did. We were full on in well, that. Well, I thinking, don't know that we believed well, it. Well, I full on got rid of stuff and wouldn't of ever course. touch an owl or something. You but know? it was, will this make God happy? Yeah. No. Will, 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 will it make me safe? Will it make me safe? Will, yeah. it, will things get better because of it? And you know, Audrey, I think that's incredible. I think what Audrey said may be, may be <laughs> the, the crux of all of that foolishness is that the average believer, because of what the religion has taught them about uh-huh. God, they never feel safe with God. Right. And, I know. and so yes. if there's something like this that comes out, you think, okay, I'm not safe. He's looking yeah. for a reason to kill me. Maybe mm-hmm. this is it. If I don't get yeah. rid of this, you know, something mm-hmm. bad's going to happen to me. <clears throat> and the devil is so powerful that we better be oh. super careful. And he, he looks for, this is the doorway. This crack. is how he gets if in. If you give him one crack, mm. he'll enter your house, you know, yeah. and that'll and be it. One thing I never do, I never give the devil crack. Because he, he's already mean enough as it is. I don't want to get him all jacked up on crack. So you don't, you don't, yeah, yeah I agree with you on so that. So we're not going to give him a crack. <clears throat> oh, you know, I was, uh, I, I, this picture just kind of flooded into my mind there just thinking about all this nonsense, you know, because, you know, last week we were talking about mind over matter. Yes, yes. And I think all this fits into it. It does. Yeah, when I look at the created world, of course, man, you know, I don't have a shadow of doubt in me anywhere about the love of God. Mm -hmm. And I think when you look at anything, unless you're being deceived by religion or by fake science. Now, Mm -hmm. we are inundated with fake science. Mm -hmm. And the Apostle Paul said that these people are willfully ignorant 
of the truth of God being the creator. Well, why are they willfully ignorant? Because they're godless, because they're elitists who want to take over the world. They want to destroy every confidence that we have that we have in God. But I'm going to tell you something, and I've said this before. You know, I think the, my opinion is the entire space program was built around the search for life on another planet in a way to discredit the Word of God. Mm-hmm. I, think that's, I think that's the whole core reason that we spend billions of dollars every year flying around in outer space. That at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, we got the, you know, we got the tape recorder, you know, we got the mini computer. We got a lot of scientific stuff from it. Yes. But as far as really improving the quality of our life, mm, not so much. Right, right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Here, here's the thing nobody wants to accept. The planet Earth... The solar system, the galaxy, the universe, all of these different dimensions of creation have one thing in common is that every one of them are designed to bring the ultimate quality of life to the human race mm-hmm. on planet Earth, not mm-hmm. on any other planet. <clears throat> So when, so when God spoke these things, you know, uh, faith, of course, begins with trusting who God is. Yes. But then the second aspect of faith, because it is kind of a continuum, gets into intention. So, you know, when God created planet Earth, his intention was to create a world that every aspect of this world would sustain the human race with the highest possible quality of life. And so, so you go from, okay, for us, when we're operating the faith of God, you know, we move from, okay, I trust who God is, and now I'm going to have an intention. I think many people fail at faith because they don't have a clear intention. See, mm-hmm. God's intention was, I'm going to speak this, and this is going to come out in a way that perfectly sustains human life. Now, so... so you go from faith to intention, but then you go to conception. You have to conceive this in your heart. I don't think you can conceive in your heart what the outcome needs to be until your intention is clear. Like if I'm going, to, you know, uh, if I'm going somewhere and I'm going with the clear intention of, of getting somebody healed, then from that intention, I, I'm not going to just jump up and go because I have that intention. I've got, that's got to get birthed in my heart. I've got to see it in my heart. It's got to be conceived in my heart. Well, your intention, you know, your, your faith programs your intention or encodes your intention. Your intention encodes your, your conception. And so, so I'm, going, I'm going faith. I'm going intention. I'm going conception. I'm going to, uh, you know, <coughs> confession. Uh, not in the sense of the way that we've looked at confession. Actually, the word confess actually means say the same thing. So what is God mm-hmm. saying? He is saying the same thing uh, that he intends. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately, once I, get, once I determine my intention, if it's based on the word of God, where I'm trust, actually trusting God, then, then, man, that intention is going to fill my heart with with how this needs to look, how mm-hmm. I need to do this, mm-hmm. how I need to walk in this, and how I need to minister <clears throat> to, you know, to this person. And uh, <clears throat> so, so I, you know, I look at all that, the way God created this, and, and here's one of the things I realized. 
And, and I tell people, you know, I, I'm not saying this is the right terminology. I'm not saying everything about how I'm explaining it. I'm saying this is more like a parable. Mm. Or, or more like a you know a simile or a model or you know that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm using 21st century terminology to help us understand something uh, and believe something that I really don't even need to understand. I only need to believe, but still, it, it, having terminology that takes yeah. me through this process does the same thing for me that it did when Jesus would talk to people about raising sheep and planting gardens. Right, right, right. It, it, was, it, was, <clears throat> it was their technology. It was their, it was their language. So, but, but I'm saying this. As nearly as I can understand, God encoded planet Earth with life. Yes. Actually encoded the entire universe with yes. life. Yeah. And... We have a capacity, not intellectually, but we have a capacity to decode that. Mm. And, we, you know, we can get into that as we, as we go along in this. So, so that means that something can happen in me when I'm kind of following this process of God's faith. Something that can happen in me that suddenly there is a decoding, if you will, mm. that brings me to understanding something that I'll never be able to explain, mm -hmm. but I will be able to experience. Yes. You know what? It's interesting you say that. Just yesterday we had a session. Bob, you'll remember this. We were with a woman in her van, and she, ex you know, she was telling us about just the suffering that she had gone through. But we said, you know, in a land of suffering, there's always a belief you're holding on to. If you're in a yeah. land of suffering, you're holding on to a belief. And she was imagining this land of suffering and holding on to this pole, you know, that says she's going to be alone in the end. Yeah. And anyway, she got to that place. And I said, now, just repeat after me and say, Jesus, meet me here. And Jesus came to that place in her secret place and held mm. her. And she just started melting into God's arms. And she put her arm around him, let go of that belief, that pull that was yep. keeping her in the land of suffering. And, she, and, that, and we just let her have this amazing moment. We were just, you know, in this moment with her. And she goes, I can't explain what's going on, but... It's like every cell in my body is lining up. Something yeah. is, everything in me is, is, is working. I'm, all of a sudden, my mm. breath tastes different. Like something, everything has changed because of mm. Jesus holding me and loving me. And that's life. She experienced oh. life in a place of death. And, and oh, I, I, it was just incredible. Bob, she even, you know, and mm -hmm. you remember you were in this mm -hmm. session. And I just think, Jesus, you are that you have so much power. Your love has so much power that it can create that kind of life. Well, as heart coaches, you guys know and do something that most counselors don't really know and do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, counseling the way it is done only works for people who really don't have any serious problems. Mm -hmm. You know, if a person's already repentant, they've got healthy attitudes and... You know, uh, like in marriage, if they have a desire to make it work and, you know, they have, have some of these basic things, that, that's their attitude. Well, normal counseling would, might help that person. But any counseling that does not take you back to an intimate, face-to-face -face connection to Jesus. Yes. Really cannot bring life. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, we were talking about mind over matter. 
Yeah. See, there are things that we should be able to do, and sometimes we do, that on on one dimension, they they can bring certain meaningful things kind of into line, but it can, but it can never sustain it. You've always got to kind yeah. of go back later and and work with it and work with it and work with it, <clears throat> and so unfortunately. The church, the modern church, they think the light produces the life. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we talked about this, <clears throat> I think, last week. Mm-hmm. And so the light producing the life is a Gnostic idea. Because yeah. light, as light long as that, I have the clarity and the lights turn on for me, then now yeah. I've got new life. That's it. Yeah, it just, re- it just mm. represents <clears throat> intellectual yeah. knowledge. Right. Intellectual information. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with intellectual information unless you think that it is the light that can produce life. Because right. it can't. No. So people, you know, people come into counseling and uh, like I say, some people benefit from counseling because they've got some basic attitudes and beliefs worked through. But the person that comes in that... There's something in them, like, like a person who, there's something where they have this belief of being alone in the end, or they have this belief of, of people not loving them. They mm-hmm. will never reconcile their relationship problems. Yeah. And even if they do for a minute, yeah. they will always mess it up because, because real tr- transformation uh, uh, is a process that starts with life. It doesn't start with inf- with information. It starts mm. with life, mm-hmm. and it takes us through really a resurrection. Yeah, it takes us through coming out of death in an area of our life and coming alive. And so, so yes, there is light, but that light, that life, that our light that God talks about, is a light that emits from experiencing the life first. Yes. Yes. And so you experience the life first, mm-hmm. then you know it, you experience it. And remember, the, the Greek word for know in the New Testament is about experiencing something. It's not about mm-hmm. intellectually knowing something. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a knowledge that is manifest through experience. So you know something, and the real truth is you can't explain it fully. Right, right, right. Well, an information-based Christianity thinks that if I can just get to where I understand this in such a way that I can explain it and put the right answers on the test, then that will connect me to the, yes. the life of God. Yes. No, you might have some changes on some level, but you will not have supernatural changes. See, see I don't want victory. My definition of victory is different from religion's definition of victory. You know, in religion... It's sort of like you have this temptation. You're walking down the street. Oh, my God, there it is. There's my temptation over here. Whatever it is, you know, booze, women, whatever. And so it's like, oh, dang. And so, you know, you're walking down the street, and you walk by this temptation. You're just trying to not look at it. and try, You know what I mean? You're just trying to find some way to sneak past it. But suddenly these big, long claws come out and dig into your back. Yeah. And start trying to drag you back into this. And so you start working your formula. You start working your information. And, you know, you might 
this time make it past that temptation. But that's not victory. Mm-hmm. Laying there as a bloody, defeated, crumbled, <laughs> emotionally destroyed wreck, that is that's not, not victory. That's not the life no. that I want. And it has very little to do with freedom. Well, oh, no, it's not freedom at all. Exactly. And yet they feel as though, phew. I made it. Made it. Probably going to bleed to death, but I made it. I made it. But, uh, you know, victory is when you're walking down the street and you don't even notice. Yeah. When you walk by what used right. to be this right. monstrous temptation. Right. I can't even tell you how many times my, my, my wife or my kids, usually it's my kids, you know, over the years, you know, we would be somewhere and they would say, Dad, did you not realize that woman was hitting on you? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't think she was. Mm-hmm. And, and my kids would be like, no, she was. And I'm like, well, she might have been, but I didn't notice it. Right. And I'm, I'm telling you, that, that's victory right there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because that would have been an area, you know, in my former life that I would have succumbed to temptation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jim, I want to go back to this little term that you used. You said decoding life. Okay, so we're, we're working through this, this place of, of transformation. And then you said that there's this place where now you can almost work it backwards and, yep. and decode life. Let's talk a little more about that. You know, I chose the word decoding because I do believe, on a, on, at least on a physical level, that on planet Earth, everything that we need, that we could actually do on some level, which would be mind over matter. Mm-hmm. It's not voodoo. It's not witchcraft. It's not, you know, there's nothing evil about it. I, I was, uh, when I was going through medical school, there was a book I read where uh, uh, one practitioner was teaching another practitioner uh, how to use herbs and acupuncture and all that kind of stuff. And so the one that was being taught said, this book is about, I don't know, several thousand years old. But the one that was being taught said, you know, this is so amazing that if you stimulate this place on the outside of the body, that it will affect an organ inside your body. Right. And the, the teacher said... When we knew who we were, we did this with our minds. Ah. Man, I'm telling you what, I, I have thought hours and hours and days and days and days <laughs> over that statement. <laughs> when we knew who we were, this was very simple. Oh. So the, the ability to change your physiological function, you can just do that by the way you think. Now, so some people will say, then since I can do this by the way I think, I don't need God. Well, no, because the truth is, you're, you are really experiencing mind over matter. You are bringing about a, a change that happens in your physical body, which is matter. And all of this is happening because of the way God created us, you know, our mind changes the hormones, the endorphins, you know, that, that, flood, that flood our body, that give us health and energy and all that kind of stuff. So, so you are bringing about a change on a physiological level. So what people tend to do is they tend to take that and, and call it spiritual. And, they, and they, they say that they are... 
you know, that this is a spiritual thing and that we are gods unto ourselves. So they take a capability that God gave us right. to function in a natural world. Yes. They take that capability. God gave it to us. <clears throat> you, you find it explained in the Bible. Mm-hmm. But then people use that to point you away from God. Yes. And so, yes. so it's not that the act itself is evil. Right. It's the way, it's how you use it and, and what you do with it that makes it become evil. So on that on that sense, there is there is a mind over matter. There, you know, there, really we should be able to do things almost that appear to be magical because we yeah. do have authority over planet Earth. Right. And you know, every time a believer walks out and speaks to a storm and it stops, every time a believer lays hands, you know, on somebody. I mean, there's all kinds of things that we do that really are just natural capacities because we are created in the likeness and the image of God. Right, right. But there is no formula for actually how to receive the kind of life that God has, something that's spiritual, something that starts on the inside and something that works through you. Now, in order for there, in order for us to participate in this spiritual life, the real truth is you got to be a fool to believe that you could ever understand it all. Right. You know, we don't, we don't even know enough about biology. Uh, you know, what I, mean? I mean, there's so many things we don't know anything about. We, we might have scratched the surface somewhere. But we don't, even if God explained it all to us, we wouldn't believe it. And mm-hmm. we certainly really wouldn't understand it. So in, intellectual, <laughs> intellectual capacities are not what makes this happen. So let's say then I get born again. Spirit of God comes to live inside me. So he brings all of the life of God inside me. And that life of God is not something that I can ever fully explain. I mean, I can talk around it. I can, you know, I can talk about you know, Jesus, the Spirit of God. I, I mean, there's all kinds of things that I can know about it. But I can never know enough about it to work a formula to get that to happen. So I look at that as encoded life. And actually, I'm not saying this is the perfect word. I'm just using this as a 21st century word. Because when something is encoded, what you have to have is a decoder. Yeah. And the decoder can decode something so that now it is meaningful information. Now, but the difference between information that's carnal or natural and the information that is spiritual is that, that the information that God provides in us is information that the moment that information is decoded, it it not it opens the way, if you will, and, and it is only decoded through intimacy with Jesus in your own heart. So in the process of this intimacy with Jesus, you know, I, I don't even know how to explain this, but you know how you'll just in your heart, you'll just you know my one of my teachers used to say, in your knower. Yeah. That's the only way he could explain it. He just said, yeah. you know, he said that's all I can say is somehow in your knower. Mm-hmm. internally <laughs> yeah. you just suddenly know something you just know something yeah. and it's a and it's a but 
is not just an intellectual knowing because you can't even explain it when you know it. And so when God's information, when God's light is manifest, it's like, it's, it's, it's like a fiber optics. You know, fiber optics doesn't just carry light and you turn on your television and now you got light shining out of your television. It carries a picture. It carries an image. Yes. It carries sound. It carries right. all of these things. Well, <clears throat> when we connect with God, suddenly that light that emits from his life, when it unpacks, it unpacks not just the information, but the power. Yes. It's a decoding that happens, that precedes fully understanding it. That precedes intellectual acknowledgement and agreement. And so that's why I use the word decoding, because yeah. this is not just simply understanding, unless you're talking about understanding with your heart, you know, uh, connecting with God personally, and da 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 this is, this, is, this is a transfer of life that unpacks within you, and, and, and it, may, it does make you understand things. You know, uh, I, I look back at the days, you know, I got those old jungle crusades on my mind just because of us, you know, talking about it earlier. But, you know, I look back in those days of doing crusades and, you know, looking out there, man, people would carry uh, uh, the sick on stretchers. It would take them days to get to our crusades. And so, you know, you're looking out there across that crusade field and there's people and they would try to get them as close to the platform as you could. And unlike American uh, uh, miracle workers, we didn't hide them in the balcony. You know what I mean? Yeah. We just we let them bring them up, lay them right up on the platform. And man, you're up there, and you're 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 seeing cripples come up on some of them on crutches. Some of them, their families are helping them walk. You're watching the blind people come up, and uh, you know the first time you ever see something like this, you're just like I, I can remember the first time I ever experienced this out on the crusade field. I remember thinking. I'm going to probably die here because I ain't got faith for this. Yeah. And I'm like, God, I'll probably never see my wife again. Because the people use machetes to hack their way through the jungle. Yeah. And so they're sitting out there listening to you preach thumping a machete. Yeah. You know, you know and thumping a machete means you better get this right. <laughs> and so, you know, I can remember the very first time, very first Jungle Crusade I ever had. Now, I'd seen people get healed, but not in massive numbers. I'd seen a lot of pretty phenomenal things. But, man, I was up there. I, I, I'm out there. I'm up on, a, I'm up on a, a, a big chunk of concrete from a bombed-out building that was left over from World War II. And, you know, just a chunk of concrete. And over on another piece of concrete, I got a, my translator. You got dogs running around barking and fighting. You got, I mean, you got crazy stuff happening. You know, you yeah. don't have the choir singing mild, sweetly in the background. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. You don't have the organ. <laughs> you know, kind of emotionally emphasizing. Yeah, and right. then, then it starts raining. And right. so we're, st and I don't care. I mean, they walk through the rain to get there. So we're standing out there uh, conducting a crusade, uh, just a pouring straight down rain. And I'm looking out there, and I, and I did. I said to my heart, I said, God, I, I don't know if I'll leave here alive because. I don't really know that I've got the faith for this. Thought I did, but I probably made a mistake by coming here. And uh, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, Well, do you have the faith to believe that I love them? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I ain't got yeah. a problem with that. Oh, yeah. No problem. And he said, well, then just convince them that I love them. Yeah. So. Wow. I think, okay, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I start, man, I start preaching the love of God and mm-hmm. sharing how much God loves them. And, I, and then I talk about Jesus going to the cross and what he went through because God loved them so much. And then I thought, okay, here we go. I mean, you're talking about just inside you feeling like you want it to die and, you know, uh, melt down into a crack in one of these rocks, you know. And so I said, okay, so if God loves you, here's what I want you to do. Whatever's wrong with you, whatever your sickness is, uh, if you believe God loves you, then here's the thing I want you to do. I want you to put your hand exactly where that sickness or where that pain is in your body. And man, you had the blind people cover up their eyes. You know, you had the, you know, you had people with cancers, tumors, you know, covering up their, t- and, 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 you know, people that were deaf, the people that were, were with them would grab them and put their hands over their ears. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm always, I was there thinking, they didn't hear a word of this. Well, how is this going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so I said, all right, so now, you know, I said, now here's what I want you to do. Uh, I want you to acknowledge that when Jesus died on the cross, he cured all your sin, sickness, and disease. I want you to acknowledge that whenever he raised up from the dead, he gave you freedom from all of this. And so, you know, I take them through that, and they're confessing it. And I say, now I want you to, to speak to that, that disease and tell it that you have the life of God, and, it, and it's got to go. And uh, so I'm sitting there thinking, man, I really hope this works. <laughs> well, this is crazy. I'm telling you, that day, that day, we took so many testimonies from wow. blind people getting wow. healed and their family members would be there saying yeah they've been blind for 10 years or 20 years or they've been blind since birth or whatever and uh, finally it got to where they would send away they wouldn't receive any more testimonies about blind people because the translator said well this is getting boring we need to get something else you know we need to get other testimonies well, in america they don't ever you know if you was have blind people you know 100 blind people come up and testify people just want to keep hearing it because they wouldn't believe it so like well okay well, i got to see another one before i'm going to believe this but the point is they didn't really understand intellectually what happened at the death, burial, and resurrection. There was all kinds of things that we talked about that they didn't understand. But somehow, within their heart, something was decoded. Mm-hmm. That they had this capability mm-hmm. to know something they could not intellectually explain. That didn't make any sense, but it had such a profound effect that they were willing to use their authority, something most Christians in America ain't willing to do, to use their authority to send that away based on mm-hmm. the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, people, walk, cripples walked away that day when left their crutches laying on the crusade grounds. Blind people walked away seeing for the first time. You know, mute people, they began to speak. Deaf people began to hear. I saw every kind of miracle that, that you can imagine. And, and, you know, and I was just, I was dumbfounded by the fact that all these miracles happened so incredibly simply. And so over the years, you know, uh, the guy that did my translation work in the Philippines, he did translation work for the biggest names in ministry mm-hmm. in the world. And he pulled me aside after us working together for a couple of years. And he said, you know something? He said, these other people that I work with, he said, now they got money and their names are well known. So they have a lot bigger crusades than you have. Mm-hmm. 
But as far as getting people saved, getting miracles, and phenomenal things happen, he said, I've never worked with anybody in the world that gets mm. the kind of results that you do. Can you mm. tell me why? How do you do this? Mm. And I'm like, I don't know. You know, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. And so I thought, you know, I need to kind of pray this through. Well, you know, I came down to a few simple things. Number one is, uh, I, I, I always tried to preach the gospel where it had never been heard. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have to deprogram them from mm -hmm. religion. Mm -hmm. So that was all. You know, I didn't care if they'd been around witch doctors and, you know, the occult. All that kind of, that didn't matter. I just didn't want them to have been around church very much because mm -hmm. then they would have a bunch of religious beliefs that would have created barriers and walls. And, uh, and one of the things that I realized, too, is that looking back at America, Americans are standing there listening, saying, as soon as I can understand this then I'll be able to believe it. I like, no, you won't. These people looked at this and said, I believe it. I don't care if I understand it or not. <laughs> and so because of what was in their heart, their heart was able to decode something from God that was, that was light, that was connected to life, that was connected to information. And, and, and it just overwhelmed their senses in a way that they just went with it. And... Uh, it was decoded within them, if you will, and suddenly they experienced something that they could never fully explain, but in their hearts they fully knew what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I was with a couple um, the other day and just, you know, working with them, and but they'd been dealing with a 10-year-old issue. You know, there was infidelity, and it had gone on for, you know, five of their 10 years of marriage, and in their life... It's just, it's a, it's a constant, you know, there, it's just a constant reminder of what has been. Yeah. And, um, and so they had been to a myriad of different counselors, uh, different, um, sex addiction, addiction, you know, programs on and on and on. And so anyhow, I just spent some time with them. And, uh, what I did with, with one of them was, I said, well, let's revisit the very first moment when you found out about the affairs and the hurt and the pain. Well, yeah. I, I tell you, she immediately went into tears. And I mean, she it was almost uncontrollable. And uh, she says, I have worked so hard for five years to, to not think about that. And I said, well, how's that working for you? You know, like, I mean, yeah. like just tormented by it. And so, again, experiencing life yeah. then brings light. Yeah. And because this is something that has been kept in darkness, yeah. that has been submersed, yeah. you know, buried Taking alive. Taking force to try and keep it down. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I'm, I'm, I want people to understand here this, you know, the decoding, you know, of life. So all of a sudden, I just... I said, would you allow yourself to revisit and would you invite Jesus here? You see, well, she did. And Jesus held her hand and I could just, you know, go on and yeah. on. And, uh, and her, the, the spouse is sitting there and, um, and uh, watching it all. And I said, okay, now just take a moment and tell them, you know, everything that took place. And, I, and they're like, well, they were, they've been here watching and listening the whole time. I said, no, no. I said, 
this is your experience. Mm -hmm. I said, I need you to just tell them, tell them all about it. Well, they began to, and it just solidified because now that, that painful memory all of a sudden is where love came in. Yeah. And Jesus really, really loved that individual there and was able to walk free. So then we went on, and then all of a sudden, they said, now I got it. I got it figured out. I got it figured out. And I just had to pause for a moment. I said, wait. I said, don't think for a moment you've got this figured out. No. Don't think for a moment now that you've got... No, no. I said, you experienced an extravagance of love. Mm-hmm. When you were on your worst moment. You see, on your worst day, yeah. you know, in your, in your deepest fear... You experienced a love that superseded all of that. Yep. I said, you can go to there anytime that you want. Yeah. And so I think, you know, in, in the part of the decoding of life, I might have a, a, a hint of it, but yet it's not that I got it all figured out. No. It's where I experience life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's partaking of that tree of life. Yeah. And I'm... I'm, I'm, you know, just, you know, having some thoughts of, you know, people today, they're living in a very, very fearful world, you know, as we've, as we started, you know, the podcast today, and they're just like, you know, this world is going to hell in a handbasket and, and they're not experiencing life. Yeah. They're trying to intellectually figure out how Mm -hmm. they're going to survive. Right. There you go. You know, I've told my family for, I started preparing my family 20 years ago probably Mm -hmm. i started saying now look this is where the world's going to get to it's going to become incredibly violent it's going to become incredibly anti-god and the most threatening person in the world to a socialist is somebody number one who thinks for themselves Mm -hmm. you know their thoughts can't be controlled but number two if that person then has the ability to influence other people to find their own thoughts and mm-hmm. and I said now those are the people that when you know when socialism and communism takes over a country everything historically we know you know I've always said my family said now people like me are really pretty much at the head of the list mm-hmm. of who's going to be either imprisoned or assassinated mm-hmm. and I said if we live long enough I'll be I'll probably be assassinated or surely in prison and uh, <clears throat> so you know in talking about that, the thing I have to make them understand is that now there's nothing I can tell you that can give you peace about that. But I can tell no. you this, connecting to God for yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, this is why the Bible calls it a peace that passes understanding. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Because, because this doesn't come through to you through understanding. No. Again, as we've said, and you know, we, we keep repeating this because there ain't so much you can say about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because we don't know what to say about it. But all I can say is this. When you, when you connect with God and your intention is to experience peace, His peace, you're going to experience peace, yeah. And it's not, but it's going to pass your understanding. It's not going to make sense. No, mm-hmm. no, no. And so, you know, my, my family has had to come to live with this reality. My dad will probably be imprisoned or be assassinated if our country goes far enough in, in this direction. And they got to be able to do that and, and go, I, I'm not sure why I'm not worried about this, but I'm not. 
Right, right. I just just know I'm not. And so, so, you know, I've got this thing, and I've been going through for the past few weeks, you know, just that scripture in in, uh, the book of John, you know, where it says, you know, in him was the life, and the light was the life of God, and the light shined into the darkness, and the darkness could not overcome it. It could not uh, stop it. It couldn't comprehend it, Mm -hmm. and it couldn't decode it. Mm. Darkness cannot decode the light no. and get you know get the life mm. of God. Yeah, I look at these. I look at these. You know, the fake grace people. I look at the the liberal, liberal, liberal churches that you know that have you know they condone immorality and all this kind of stuff. I I, I look at that and I kind of see that mind over matter thing working. It's like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna create a theology that's really not real, it's really not true, it's darkness, but it gives you some degree of relief. Doesn't give you peace, but it gives mm-hmm. you some degree of relief because you feel like you now have a justification for what you're doing or you have a past for, for what you're doing. But again, that's something that cannot be sustained. That is not right. sustainable. That's something you have to go back and try to get you know cranked up over and over and over and over again. Because the darkness they will give you a, a false sense of peace, which is really some kind of relief or some, you know, some kind of dis- relief through deception. But the thing is, they never decode the light. They never do come to that place where, where the light draws them to the life. Because, because when you come to the life, the one thing that is required to enter into oneness with Jesus is to die to self. Die to everything you are. Die to everything good. Die to everything bad. Mm-hmm. Die, die to everything indifferent. And just say, I don't even know who I'm going to be on the other side of this. I just know mm-hmm. that I don't want to be who I used to be. I just know that I do not want to hold on to this corruption that's in my heart. And, uh, and so then you experience a, a resurrection. And I'm telling you, yes. overcoming every sin, every temptation, every struggle is always a process of dying to self on some level. Uh, getting the truth, which is the light, and, and, and that light taking you personally to connection with Jesus, yep. mm-hmm. where you experience the life. Everything else is just information. So what we had was a clear intention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, there, there was a conception of it. Yeah. All of a sudden, we, we talked you know, in many podcasts, you know, uh, the probability you see that conception that that's there. Then I begin to say the same thing that God says yeah. about it. And it's like, I don't want to live in this darkness anymore. Yeah. So I have, I have effectively put off. Yeah. I'm going to renew my mind. And this is what I'm going to experience. Yeah. I put on this new nature. I'm going to walk free. Now my marriage is different. Now my life is yeah. now when I go into this world, of uncertainty, I'm full of confidence, yep. courage, certainty. There is no need for me to fear. Right. And, you know, being here's a kind of an interesting paradox. Mm-hmm. Being raised up in newness of life, we don't know what that's going to look like. Mm. Right. And we can't decide what's going to look like. We can decide certain things. I mean, we can decide I want to be a godly person. You know, I'm going to come out of immorality. Uh, you know, you know all of all of these kinds of things. But I always go back to is it Second Corinthians where it says, "I hath not seen, 
ear has not heard. Neither has it ever even My. entered into your heart the good things that God mm -hmm. has prepared for you. But he will reveal them to us by the Holy Spirit. And so I might have some kind of a picture in my mind, but I always encourage people, give up any picture you got. Because you might have a picture of being a Christian as being the version of Christianity that your mother and father were. You might have a picture of being you know, a Christian of, uh, as being whatever your denomination says it is. No, this is, this, this is where you go in. It's like, I die to all of my opinions. I die to all of, all of these yeah. things. I just have one intention, and that one intention is to surrender to God fully and wholeheartedly. And I'll let him raise me up however he wants to. And, man, I tell you what, you might be in for one of the biggest, joyful, uh, fulfilling uh, experience and yeah. surprises of your entire life yeah. better than any. See, see, cause if we try to think of how good we want to be, remember he says, nobody's, nobody's ever no. seen anything this good. Nobody's yeah. ever even heard this. Uh -huh. You've never even imagined anything no. this good. So, no. so don't try to make this a creation of, of your choosing other than I am giving my life to God, and then and then I'm going to see what this resurrection is going to be. I'm going to see what kind of man He's going to make make me into. I'm going to mm -hmm. I'm going to discover you know what my strengths might might be. Mm -hmm. I, I, I tell you, I, I I love this. And every single day, you know, every single day we have the opportunity for renewal. And yeah. you don't go into that renewal saying, okay, I know what I want this renewal to be because it. It, because if, if you create it, probably ain't gonna work very long. But every single day, we can we can connect to God, not even looking for a renewal. You know, in your, the Bible says, in, in in your light, we have light. It says that it says that we will be transformed to be like Him to the degree that we see Him as He is. I mean, everything about what we are transformed into through this resurrection life, uh, it. Like I said, there's a paradise for us. We do have that intention that we want to be godly. We do have that intention. We want to live for God. But the real truth is, we don't have a clue what it's going to look like. I love that. I'm telling I, you, I, mm -hmm. I love waking up and going, woohoo, a new yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's it going to look like today? Yep. It's very exciting. Wow, mm -hmm. that was very, very amazing. Yeah, and it's we... completely independent of what others do. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I can completely still enjoy that resurrected life. Oh, yeah. You know, this is faith expressing itself through love. People will experience me differently. I'm yep. going to give up my picture of what perfection is or what this perfect day would be because I died all my opinions because that intention to surrender is that he's going to raise me up the way he's yep. dreamed it up. Hmm. And I'll take his dreams. I'll take his imaginations. I'll take everything that he has that I yep. couldn't even imagine. I'm going to say a big yes to that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, for people that are interested in the Resurrection Reality Series, they can get it through Live Transformed. Okay. And, and that becomes a way of helping financially support uh, Live Transformed and make sure that keeps going all over the world, keeps helping people, mm -hmm. and keeps the ministry of, of, of Bob and Audrey going to the ends of the earth and keeps Impact Ministries going to the exactly, ends of the earth. Exactly. What's the title of that again one more time, Jim? Uh, Resurrection Realities, and the subtitle is Decoding the Mystery of Life. Got it. Okay. And the other one I want to mention, you guys, if you're interested, is the trifecta. I remember that one was a lot about the life and the light. Yeah. And, and that was and the love. Love, life, and, and... Trifecta, people didn't get it yeah. because of the title. Right. But the people that did listen to it right. had incredible experience. Yes. Life, light, and love. Mm. Yeah. Oh, good. Got it. All right. 
Thanks That's so much, today. Jim. So mm-hmm. fun. Can't wait till next time. When Glad we'll you all taking again. the journey with us. Yeah, yeah. we love this. Mm-hmm. Love being with you. And we'll mm-hmm. see you next time. Good. Bye-bye. Everyone have a wonderful week. Bye-bye.